Hi, everybody, and welcome to Liberation Lectionary, where each week we, uh, we do a little digging in the readings for the upcoming Sunday, according to the Revised Common Lectionary. And what are we digging for? What are we excavating for? We're looking for some nuggets, some, like some jewels, some shiny rocks of liberation uh, that we can share uh, with one another and with you all. Hopefully that might uh, help in your sermons and street preaching and dinner table conversations. My name is Jamie Edwards Acton. I am an Episcopal priest uh, in Los Angeles, California. And joining me each week is my friend, what up, gente? This is uh, Francisco Garcia, and also an Episcopal priest uh, from Los Angeles, but out in Nashville now, uh, priesting and studying, trying to knock out this PhD. The doctor, the doctor's in the house. So my kids say that when uh, when I finally finish, they're like, "What do we call you?" And so they started coming up with different names, and like, "You're already a reverend. Like, what? What do we do?" Like, <laughs> How about Reverend Daddy Doctor? There Reverend you go. Daddy. I'm like, whatever. Run Ev, run RDD, right? That's what run RDD. That's what son. Run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think this week uh, you're reading Francisco um, yeah. from. So we go from the end of Luke, and now we're going to rewind it and uh, go back towards the beginning. That's right. So this is Luke 3, verses 1 through 6. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Idorea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. Well, this is an interesting passage today. The word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The word of the Lord. Yes, it is. All right. When I start hearing, prepare ye the way. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna hear we're gonna hear a lot of songs about prepare ye the way of the Lord, I'm sure. Um, del Señor. How many songs can we do? Huh? <laughs> Right. This episode is only songs of Advent that we'll be singing a cappella. Well, the first, I don't know, but the first thing that stands out for me is, um, you know, it kind of opens up reading like a history book of sorts, you know, and um, almost like Josephus wrote this thing or something. And um, so I wonder, I'm, I'm curious what Luke is getting at here. And it makes me think that, um, Luke is trying to contrast here um, kind of um, two different like uh, types of definers of reality, let's say, right? So those who make, uh, who, who define what is uh, important and how society is going to be and what the laws are going to be and, you know, how they're going to be enforced and what justice looks like and um, and all that stuff. And here you have the traditional, you know, riffraff, right? 
that typically define those things, Emperor Tiberius and Pontius Pilate and people Herod. Power. Yeah, people with power, right? People with that certain kind of power, right? Um, all the way to, you know, in all, in whatever context, whether it be in, in the kind of more secular or religious kind of, you know, power leadership. And then that's the backdrop, that's the contact, context. And then with all that in your head, it's like Luke says, and let me introduce to you this guy in a camel hair shirt out in the middle of nowhere, yeah. right? In the desert, uh, a nobody uh, who is doing this earth shaking thing, right? Mm -hmm. This um, that nobody probably noticed right at the time, but at least for us now, as we reflect back, we see, uh, you know, what a pivotal time this was for our own faith. Um, and John is kind of being one of those first, well, announcers, right, of the, of that this was happening. So that's what stands out to me first, that kind of contrast. Yeah, no, and it's, what it, I think, brings up is what, you know, what Luke is such a powerful gospel to begin with about this, about um, how um, God shows up with uh, a, an alternative form of power, right? And, and that's the whole vision, right? Of, of the a different uh, reign, you know, which is really an anti-reign, right? It's, it's, against the, it's against the powers and the principalities that we read about. Um, and it's bringing a completely different kind of power and through, the, through, through and Christ comes in to show that, um, to, to manifest that, right? But before Christ, there was someone who paved the way. And so I think this is where it's important that John the Baptist um, is sort of really highlighted here, right? Um, the word of God came to John, right? Um, but, you know, where? In the wilderness. Again, contrasting the, um, these, these powerful, um, play, you know, governments and, 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 and leaders. Um, so I think it is significant. Without, right. without John... It's almost like the story leading to, to Christ um, doesn't make sense. Um, you know, so think about the people that, you know, historically are given less attention and less authority in, in something, but were essential, right? And only later do, do, do people really realize and appreciate them for their role. So it's like, you know, everyone talk, uh, talks about Dr. King. And of course, Dr. King was, you know, essential to the black freedom struggle and civil rights movement, um, especially, you know, from that period of time of the mid fifties to 1968, but all the work that happened in the 1940s um, leading and, and even before that leading up to Dr. King, what made Dr. King possible, right? Um, Howard Thurman, you know, um, you know, such an important theologian and leader um, and, and, and mystic activist that paved the way for someone like Dr. King. Um, the black social gospel, you know, um, uh, these kinds of things, right? Bayard Rustin, right? All these folks that people don't realize, like, wow, they were all instrumental. And Dr. King right. was kind of like that person who then was the public figure. And I think this is kind of similar with John, you know, getting his credit right now, you know, where credit is due. Right. right. And even, yeah, even John embodying, you know, uh, and using and embodying the words of Isaiah before him, right? And and all you know the other prophets and and um, forerunners, right? Uh, that that he's standing on their shoulders. You know? That's right. Yeah, 
I think that's a really important kind of reminder uh, to us in in community, right? Like um, upon whose shoulders are we standing? And uh, it's a it's an important exercise, you know, to do because it's sometimes we think we're, um, you know, it, it really points to kind of like the like the spiraling nature of history or the kind of up and down. It's not just the linear like we're getting bigger and better all the time, right? It's uh, it's these these you know people have gone through these things before that's why we read these scriptures right and and it it relates directly to like you said to a community and to our faith and to our our organizing and activism through the church so like you know the work we we did around sacred resistance and sanctuary um uh, you know we had very clear in our minds the original sanctuary movement or at least the, the the sanctuary movement that became known in the 1980s with um, all of the folks who fought, um, uh, you know, during that time and who made, you know, uh, especially around Central American issues at that point. And, and then it continues, like you said, there were right. movements before that. So. Right. I, and I think this next line in this reading in, in, in uh, verse three um, is, kind of talks a little bit about what uh, we're doing right here. There's two, two, two things that uh, stand out for me to, you know, what proclaiming a baptism of repentance, first of all, you know, I love the word repentance. It's the, so misunderstood. And, uh, you know, but I just regularly have to just point out that it, it doesn't mean grovel. It doesn't mean, you know, begging first, you know, uh, forgiveness or something like that. But repentance is a change of, you know, it's a change of mind, right? Um, and it's, it's a, a different way of seeing things. Uh, Walter Brueggemann said it's, our, it's to change our mental and perceiving apparatus. So that's what John is inviting people to change their mental and perceiving apparatus, kind of like what we've been talking about. And then this forgiveness of sins, again, another misunderstood uh, or uh, kind of lazily not excavated term, you know, here. Um, cause it's just, everyone makes it so personal, right? But let's say what, you know, as you and I talk about every episode here, sin has these communal societal, you know, worldly dimensions as well. And what is being asked here of John for forgiveness is actually a release, right? From, so to release these peoples from these societal sins and like injustice and oppression and marginalization and disempowerment and, you know, disenfranchisement, all that. And um, so really we could just say that John was calling, you know, was inviting those people into the water that they would change their mental and perceiving apparatus and be free, you know, be liberated, right? From all the, those things that might make them less than what God intended them to be. So, um, so that's how I that's how I hear John, and that's to me that makes more sense on why he really caught people's attention. You know what I mean? Um, because he was making something, uh, you know. I mean, these guys get attention because they had these radical messages, not because they were just like repeating what established religion was saying, or you know. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and think about. I mean, it's so critical that 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 this tradition is laid out here right john hearkening back to isaiah because what's the scroll that jesus opens up when he 
when he gets his uh, initiates his ministry, right? It's the mm-hmm. Isaiah scroll about right. um, you know bringing the year of the Lord's favor and releasing you know the captives and bringing recovery of sight to the blind. It's all about this prophetic tradition that and that's the work that's the work of Christ and then then that becomes our work. Um, right. So John is laying laying this out for us in the very beginning of, of the you know of the gospel. Um, so, and, you know, yeah, the, the repentance for the forgiveness of sins. I mean, if we're lifting up Isaiah and the prophetic tradition, then a societal and structural understanding of sin is the primary form of understanding. It is, you know, and you, you read it, right? You read Amos, you read Micah, you read what were they condemning? They were condemning right. um, when, uh, you know, those in power um, you know, and even the, the folks from the tradition, right? Israelites had then become oppressors towards others, you know, and they're saying, did you forget our story, you know, and right. now trampling upon the poor and you're, and you're charging them for things and you are just decimating the covenant that you have with God. And so this is what we have to examine for ourselves today, right? Um, yep. Why Advent is such a really important period, I think, for us to really um, listen to, to, to these passages and how they speak to us now. How are we doing that? Yeah, I think that's such an important point, uh, Francisco, about how this idea of the structural and societal, you know, sin being the context too for personal sin. I mean, there's going to be those that are going to say, challenge that. They're going to say, well, it's a chicken and egg thing. But I think if it's, if we are created in the image of Christ and of God, right, it is then clear that it is something external that is distorting us, right? Individually or as, you know, smaller communities or whatever. So it's some distortion on a grand level, on a structural level, on a, you know, um, a historical and societal level that is distorting the way our perceiving, our mental and perceiving apparatus, right? right. It's distorting that. Um, and, um, and so we need to somehow uh, we're being called to turn, you know, to 180 turn, right? And um, and um, that's another concept, right? In Advent that will come across as turning, right? This uh, like turn, 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 right? And Noya, um, right? That's that. Yeah. The turning yeah. from and turning towards something else. That's right. That's right. So, um, well, let you know, I think just, the theme continues to run with this beautiful imagery, you know, that John uses from Isaiah about, about making paths straight and, you know, filling valleys and, and uh, mountains made low and the crooked made straight. I mean, there's in the rough ways made smooth. It's just, it's like a song of equity, right? A song of equity here. And, um, and like, and that's what, you know, that's how we prepare for <laughs> The, the full coming, right, of God's reign is by this striving for equity, uh, by yeah. trying to level things, right, to level things and to make things right again. Um, those crooked things, you know, that have been distorted, right, historically, how do we straighten those out, you know, and it yeah. takes a lot, it takes a lot of work, right, it takes a, the whole truth and reconciliation kind of approach, right, but that's what we're doing, we're trying to straighten out those crooked, historically crooked paths. Um, to restore a balance of uh, with that is 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 restoring a sense of power to where it belongs, which is really amongst the amongst the people, right? And so, 
the distortion, you know, then obviously was empire, right? And, and right. The, power, the power imbalances that happened there. Our distortions now, even though we're not under the same kind of empire, there are structures of empire that govern much of how we live, right? You know, we have income inequality, we have this, you know, criminal injustice system that, you know, disproportionately impacts, you know, black and brown folks in our community. Um, you know, and we have, a, you know, continued attacks on members of our LGBTQ community. And, you know, I could go on, but yeah. all of these distortions, this is when I think about the, the, the rough ways made smooth, I think about the leveling, you know, and, and what, that, that is a part of God. I believe that that's part of God's vision for us, but it's really up to us to figure out how to come together um, and, and initiate operationalize, you know? Yeah, and, you know, that leveling process, you know, as Jesus, you know, embodied in his life and taught, it requires us to turn things upside down, right? Um, things we take for granted, right? Things we just assume if that's the way it is. And that's the whole Jesus's whole ministry and life was about, you know, turn, like reversing things, right? The last shall be first, the first shall be last. last. If you want to lead, you have to serve constantly, you know, flipping over tables physically, right? Flipping over economic systems, uh, you know, turning who is in and who is out, who is God's protagonist, who is God's antagonist. You know, I mean, it's just that his whole life and ministry was about this turning things upside down or reversing things so that we could create some equity and a kind of a levelness uh, um, in, right. in our community. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I think as we as we do Advent in our churches, in our communities, you know, I know that we, we pay attention to, you know, what hymns we're going to choose and, and um, you know, making the Advent wreath and all these really nice activities. Um, um, I just kind of, the reminder I have for us is like, these things are all good, and but make good use of the season for what the season really is intended for as you do all those things, right? Mm -hmm. um, because it's it's so clear if we really look at this passage and we look at the whole of, of this that um, you know the work of of uh, liberation is not an afterthought in our life of faith. It is the faith. That is, you know? That's right. And that's why we do this 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 podcast. I think is if we can sort of help impart anything right that this right. is the faith. It's not like some you know, separate thing like, oh yeah, we'll have our little peace and justice committee handle that and the rest of us will worship. Like, no, this is, this is it, guys. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, there is no, um, I mean, our, the destination might simply be the process, right? You know what I mean? Like our destination, the reign of God might simply be the process of participating That's right, right now. Uh, in making that rain. So our liberation uh, is, could be synonymous with our fighting for liberation, right? Mm -hmm. Our striving for liberation right now, not just for us, but for all, you know, this kind of leveling for everybody, right? Everybody uh, deserves liberation. So, um, so, you know, we may be there already, you know, the, the process could be the destination. It and doesn't feel like it, but sometimes, right. you know, but yeah. <laughs> And then we get to that last sentence, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. In the mm -hmm. process of doing this, I believe, like you said, we, we shall uh, arrive 
and and move closer to what salvation could be for us you know that yeah. full healing and full redemption that we know god has for everybody yeah right yeah. on francisco well i think we've done it all right another episode advent, advent two, two advent three coming up as we get closer to hearing i think next week is a little more of john and then we hear what mary's uh kind of role mary's playing in this whole thing and then the big christmas surprise so all right yeah all right well it's good to see you francisco and everybody else out there uh please engage us on uh in the comments make a comment we love hearing comments from folks right. um and uh and we will we will uh respond and uh please share us and let other people know and uh, you can follow us on any if you prefer podcasts anywhere where you get your podcast as well so um but uh until next week francisco peace peace